I perceive, I think I can, I don't think it's actually scriptural, but I think I can say that it's supported by scripture. There's coming a day when church is going to be overflowing. They're going to be trying to beat the door down and get in. But it's going to be a little too late. Not saying that there's, you know, depending on the rapture situation and the tribulation and all that and how you uh, perceive that in Scripture. But now is the time. You know, now is the day of salvation. And it's not only, I don't mean it's just now's the day to get saved. I mean, it's great if you do. Salvation is an extension of relationship with God throughout our existence. So now is the day of salvation. And salvation is praise and worship and joy and and, and fellowship and, and everything in the Bible and into. So I think much of, much of uh, much of our church world has forgotten that or ignoring it or neglecting it or whatever. But anyways, here we are. Uh, if you'll go to the book of Matthew tonight. Hallelujah. I think I need to remind you, but we're in uh, kind of a conversation mode. And again, feel free to question and comment and as such. We... Uh, In the book of Matthew, we we see a lot of Jesus' conversation with people. Other Gospels recorded as well. Um, Matthew here, and it's it's uh, sometimes people wonder, well, how did they, how did we get this when Jesus spoke it over two thousand years ago? How how did we? Well, it was recorded. That's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels. They each recorded anointed of the Holy Spirit of the words of Christ. And uh, we have that in um, any of the Bible, whether it's in black or red or whatever text your ink may be in your pages, it's all more than extremely important that we receive it and take it in and, and as I always say, apply it. But we can't apply it properly if we don't understand it properly. I've heard people quote scriptures. <laughs> Actually, I had an account or situation here a while back and and uh, the word was and what the gentleman said was the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And I said, really? I said, where does it say that in Scripture? It doesn't. Now, we know the Holy Spirit is gentle. He's, But, you know, that's just an example because sometimes we get, we get inserted and we want to insert things or we're careful we remove things, but the importance of Scripture is for our betterment. And a lot of things are, are thrown around and, and not given proper understanding and if we don't understand it we can't relay it properly so here we are in an age <laughs> i'm just going to say this out of control it's out of control um 
It's a dangerous world. It really is. We see it every day, multiple times. It's dangerous to go anywhere and do anything. Why is it dangerous? It's not like the sky's going to fall yet. Why is it dangerous? Who's committing the dangerous things? People. People. You will behoove. Some people refrain from saying it. It's just honest truth. You over the devil. I'll keep quoting it. I'll keep saying it because it's scripture. If you're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. And people of the devil are going to do devilish things. Uh, have you noticed? And I think this is by observation. Everybody's able to notice. I mean, we got all kinds of sources of of information this damn day. Everywhere you look, it's information. I'm not saying all of it's true and correct. Matter of fact, I think less of it is all the time, but uh, at least by the means and what we have to notice by, uh, have you noticed uh, the acceleration and the the increased uh, savagery of violence being committed by humans? Yeah. Just pure violence uncontrolled don't care if it's controlled uh so well there's been violence throughout history yeah there has but this seems to be a different kind of violence than what has been it seems like it's just uh an energized violence and, and we know where it comes from um that's just again out of control the uh Noticing as I as I opened up, we're going to get to the scriptures here in a minute. Uh, it seems like the the uh, ideology that's sweeping our land, that's infecting the minds of even the young and innocent, is totally unsquelched. It's just go where it wants to, do what it wants to do. People supporting it more all the time. It just amazes me. And sometimes, I, you know, aside from Scripture, I just got to stop, and I think you mentioned this a while back, where's common sense even? Mm -hmm. nice. Common sense tells us a lot of things are wrong. And there's some things now, I'm, I'm talking violence, violence can be committed more than just drawing blood. There's violence, violence can be worked on the mind, and that, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's gotten so uh, just multiplied uh, that it should be becoming more and more noticed well as it's more and more noticed we need to be noticing more and more and understanding more and more where this is coming from and what the effects of it are and we can sit here in a little town in southern Oklahoma and think well that, that's off up yonder I can, I can tell you multiple times in history when it's been off up yonder and before you know it, it showed up on your doorstep. The will and the desire of people to rip, to tear, to shred, to destroy, to kill, it's just, it's just it reached unfathomable. I mean, you can't even begin to try to, to deal with it mentally. I don't think so. It's just, it's, it's out there. I'm going somewhere here, so stay with me. In the midst of all this, if the church is not prepared 
to deal with the situation. Now, I think a lot of this has been allowed to enter the door and grow and multiply and expand to now exponential proportions. And I've said this before because of the weakness of the church, the sleepiness of the church, the neglect of the church, this false state of security of the church just allows this to sweep in more and more and more and more because it has demonic energy and power, and that's what we need to understand. Even though humans are the ones that's perpetrating the various things that we see but in large scale and large degree, it's fueled by a source, and that source is Satan. His source is hell, and the things that are committed on earth are done by people that are charged by Satan. And we can either sit by and try to close the doors of the church and think, well, it's going to go around us or we're never going to have to deal with it. I'm going to tell you, it's not going to go around us and we are going to have to deal with it. Amen. How do we know that? If they had to deal with it, we're going to have to deal with it. Now, the words of Christ here, and Jesus knew this in his day. He knew that society was going to become more and more evil. He knew it was going to become more and more uh, persecuting to Christians. He knew all this, plus a whole lot more. And he began to try to prepare the disciples for that. And he said some interesting, it's one scripture, he said something very interesting, and I've looked at that and read that for a long, long time, and I don't know why I've never really stopped and given energy and time to try to figure out what it is Jesus is talking about here. Because it sounds really strange. As a matter of fact, here in the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, he's talking to the disciples. He's preparing them. Because he knew when he left, they had to have knowledge and information of what they were going to face that they could at least in some degree expect that their journey and their travel was not going to be anything of kindness or easiness or, or great comfort, that it was really going to be an endurance. Could we think anything different? Now, in the 16th verse, let me ask you something before we read this. <laughs> We've talked about this, this, all this going on and all this uh, violence. Are you, are you also noticing more and more how they're running in packs? Multiples? Sometimes overwhelming force? Turn loose like at will to do whatever and, and, and many times nobody's even trying to stop them. Look what Jesus says here in the 16th verse. I want to read the entirety of the scripture and then we're going to back up and we're going to break it down and give you an opportunity to comment and question. Let's look at it. Now he's talked to them uh, again preparing them and he, he's told them basically you're going to go places and they're not, they're not going to receive the gospel if they don't kick the dust off your feet move on and go somewhere else they're going to be those people that reject you there's going to be those people that are hostile there's going to be people that try to commit bodily injury to you 
They're going to try to harm you. Matter of fact, he said, they're going to try to kill you. If you think they're going to kill me, they're going to try to kill you. It's going to get rough. Why did he, you know, he's painting a picture here like, oh, man. Why did he do that? Why did he tell these these things? And that, that's almost like something that makes you want to quit, isn't it? Man, I don't know if I want to face all that or not. I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with injury and, or worse. But he's doing it for a reason. Let's look what he says. He said, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Serpents? What do we think of when we think of serpents? Huh? A serpent is a snake, isn't he? Anybody in here like snakes? Why did Jesus use such a term, be wise as serpents? One thing you think of when you think of serpent is the devil himself. The Bible calls him a serpent. But what, why did Jesus use this term in his trying to prepare and attempting to prepare these which in a short while he was going to be leaving this earth and they were going to be left here to deal with not only the surroundings but the furtherance of the gospel being preached and taught and ministered. Because he knew they were going to suffer hostilities. Now, let's break it down. <clears throat> I like to take every word and open it up because every word has a very sometimes intense meaning. And I think I've explained this before. Sometimes we'll take a, a biblical word and we'll try to define it in our earthly English. And it doesn't mean that at all. That's why I like to break the scriptures down. Now, let's look at, he said, behold. This is Jesus. Behold. If I could phrase that in our language, it would be, get this. Get this. Understand this. Know this. Because it matters. <coughs> I send you forth. Notice the pronoun. I. Now in this instance, the pronoun, him speaking, I speaking of himself, is more important than the subject that we're getting ready to see. That's for a reason. If you don't know the sender, you don't know about the sender, then you're not going to be able to do what it is that is purposing you to do. I, that little bitty, it's capitalized, I, being of Jesus, is a containment of power and authority and courage and ability and provision and a whole lot of other things that I could stand here and try to name tonight. I 
send you forth. Actually, the term should be I forth send you. Why do they need to know what he's telling them here? Put yourself there. Now I know we can't we can't fathom in our minds in this day and time the group that Jesus is talking to here and everything going on with and around them at this moment. I try. I try to put myself there sometimes and, and go back in to the history, but it's hard to do because we don't know a whole lot about it. But I know these were men just like us, ladies. They weren't different than us. They were people. Hand-selected by Christ to follow him and be his disciples. But when he hand-selected them to follow him and be his disciples, he did that in order that the gospel of him continue on earth and grow to what we have today and millions and probably by now billions of souls be saved. But in the process of that, there was going to be a lot of hostility and a lot of things that they were going to have to face. Some of them pretty bad. And they did. We read scripture then, and they did. All but one died of violent means. Comments, questions yet? I know we haven't got very far. Go ahead. Well, I, I think that he had to accept. Uh, I mean, he told them numerous times, and sometimes they didn't really get it. But the closer it got to his death, you know, he was always trying to set the tone and make sure they understood and knew what they were actually getting themselves involved in. And I think that both ways because he understands and knows that they need to know the dedication and devotion that's going to be required of them in order to carry this thing on. I mean, he was handing this thing to them. They were the beginning of the church. Mm -hmm. And so he's really impacting upon them the importance of the devotion, the importance of dedication. This is what is probably going to happen to you, just so you'll know before we get going down that path, this is this is what you're in for. Mm -hmm. Are you in? Because, you know, it's always a heart thing, you know. Are you, yeah, you make sure you're in, mm -hmm. you know. So I, I think that had a lot, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that had a lot to do with, you know, the, some of the words that he said to them. Yeah, and it's not like he's throwing them to the den without telling them anything. Yeah. I mean, they've had his, basically, safety and security. They've been in his company all along. I mean, he's the Lord. They've been kind of, I'd say, somewhat pretty uh, secure. <laughs> but you can imagine the vacancy when he's getting ready to leave, what they're going to be left with. Right. I mean, we know they struggle because the Scripture tells us so. They didn't know what to do when he did leave. When he hung on the cross and died, they didn't know what to do. Because their, or they thought, at least for a little while, that their authority was gone and they had no means to go any further. Especially what he's telling them here, but look a little deeper. I send you forth, and I want to flip that again and tell you, forth send you, because forth is significant here. 
and you are significant. He's talking to them, you. Fourth, send you. Who's sending? Jesus. I is. I am. Now, in the Gospel of John, verses, or chapters 4 and 5, no less than 17 times Jesus used this same pronoun, the same what? I. With an authoritative sense. And it bears significance because of the containment of the divine authority and the divine power and the divine energy that can only come from, by, and through him to empower them to do what they're getting ready to have to do. Now that's kind of shrinking things down from the enormity that it really is. Because, I mean, we, we've got to see, even now, he could be saying this to us, okay? This could be us. These disciples could be us. There's a war to fight. There's battles you're going to endure. There's hostility out there. Things are going to happen. People are not going to like you. People are going to want to kill you. So I'm preparing you so you will know. How's he preparing them? He's telling them. But what's he telling them? This very strange little segment right here. We'll get to it in a minute, but look what he says. He's sending them forth. He says, as sheep. You ever try to send a sheep forth? Anybody ever dealt with sheep? They're not very willing. They're, they're kind of dumb. <laughs> They'll do things to their own destruction. Like wholeheartedly to walk off the cliff. But as Jesus is conversing with them and trying to teach them, trying to prepare them, he uses these terms. And, and notice that there's uh, four terms. The first one here is sheep. Wolves. And then he says something about a serpent and a dove. I thought, wow. He uses those to convey to them what they're going to be facing and how they're going to be able to face it. Look, keep going. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Notice the plural. How many is <coughs> wolves? More than one. Can be a whole lot of them. Wolf. Now, this biblically, He's talking about that fanged, clawed, furry creature. And if you study the nature of a wolf in him, what, it, what is it? He's lurky. He's cunning. He's vicious. He's violent. He tears, he shreds, he mutilates. He runs in packs. He's behind the bush when you least expect him. He's devious. He's conniving. He's a lot of things. Where did he say he's sending them forth to? 
as sheep in the midst of that kind of creature. So if a sheep's dumb, what is he? Let's open that up. What, what, what's a sheep if he's dumb? He's vulnerable. He's stupid. Because they don't understand danger. Sheep don't understand danger. I mean, that's, that's scientific evidence. If you don't understand danger and you don't know what danger is, how are you going to deal with danger? The wrong way. Now, this is spiritual danger, even though it's also in an earthly sense, because the spiritual danger lies in human people that he's trying to tell them about. They're dealing with demons, and they're also going to be dealing with people. Sadly, that's still the case. People will kill you. They will mutilate you, They, not only physically, but in other ways. That's what they're doing to our children's minds. They're mutilating their minds. Yeah. Making them a victim at the hands of the devil. That's just one thing. So everything's not about bloodletting or ripping and tearing and chewing and, and destroying instantly. This, this whole conglomerate of things that we're seeing and Brother Tanner and I have talked about it's working at the same time. This destructive effort and destructive means has so many operations going on. These wolves at work are literally destroying and tearing and shredding as I stand here speaking to you tonight. Just like Jesus was telling the disciples. This is what you're faced with. Notice he said in the midst of. Sheep in the midst of. What's that mean? In the middle, surrounded by, everywhere, everywhere you go. You're not going to get away from it. And it's getting worse, right? Have you sensed your spirituality affected by all this stuff? Have you sensed that? Have you also sensed, we better get down where the rubber meets the road, we better get in shape. Because if we don't, it's an easy victim. <laughs> The sheep that's blind and dumb and he don't understand danger, he may walk right into it, never know it. His future doesn't look very bright, and it probably isn't. The picture the Lord's painting here for these that he's talking to it's very grim, and I, you know, I can kind of see their faces as he's telling them this. I can see probably fear begin to set in, concern for my life and limb. Didn't know it was going to get this bad. I followed him for a while, but boy, this is serious stuff. They knew what wolves were. They knew what sheep were. Some of them had dealt with it. 
A common trade in this day was, was shepherds. They took care of flocks of sheep. They knew what he was talking about. They probably visualized this. Oh my goodness. Bunch of bloody little lambs out here just shredded to pieces. My good, you know, put it together, what he's saying. And it's interesting that he put it this way because, okay, I'm a sheep and there's a bunch of wolves out here. That don't leave a whole lot of hope for me. But he wanted them to know. And he wasn't feeding them to the wolves. He was simply telling them how to prepare that there were going to be wolves because they were sheep. And what's the easiest victim for a wolf? A sheep. But there's a way a sheep can prepare in order to understand danger and know what it is. To realize it and do something about it before they become a victim. Now, any comments from that up to this point? Is everybody with me? I, I don't want to get off out here on a tangent. And if you don't understand, we'll back up and talk about it. Now, we're both spiritual and physical. I want to back up and, and enforce that. We're spiritual and we're physical. And it, it's difficult to think about, even though we're seeing things happen around us of extreme violence with people that do not care the least bit about absolutely murdering somebody and walking off like nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. It don't matter. It's just another day, whatever. I'm using examples here. Jesus is using examples. He's using examples to try to enforce a narrative that he's trying to deliver to these. Not just a narrative, but a very spiritual, significant importance. So it is to the church today. Does the church today not need this kind of warning? I'm going to tell you, I am concerned from some things I see that it's all about comfort and a show and entertainment, and that's all it's about. Forget the truth. We just want to have a good time. Sheep like to have a good time. They'll roll around out there in the green grass and roam around till the wolf shows up. And it's too late. Any thoughts? Make any sense? Are you connecting? Situation here? This, this, I mean, this come to me like a I mean, it, it was spot on. I thought, man. And I've never, you know, I mean, here it was. Give me the scripture. I, I didn't even turn this. Give me the scripture. Here it is. Boom. This is what the church needs to hear because the church needs to be prepared. The church needs to get to the place and understand where danger lies, what the danger is, what the danger can do before the danger does. Yeah. It made me think about what Kenny said to me when I go off on the field. Keep your head on steady. It's good. Vigilance. <laughs> Vigilance. There's a reason for that, right? Why do you tell her that? What, what, bottom line, back, why do you tell your wife that very thing? Because you what her? I love her. You love her. That's what Jesus is doing. He loves these. He wants them to know. 
you can't be closed-minded, closed-eared, and closed-eyed because there's wolves out there lurking and they're waiting on nothing but an opportunity to get you. Spiritual or physical. I've been watching and observing, you know, you know, the camera footage, sometimes it'll zoom in on, on somebody that's in one of these wild tangents of violence and they're if you look at their face and their eyes, is anybody here with me? Do you see anything there yeah. that might be an indicator? Mm -hmm. What do you see? What do you think you're seeing? Have you really looked in some of these people's eyes that are doing these, I don't even know what to call it, ungodly, terrible, violent things? It's just like they're in some kind of a, a driven daze. What you going to be in the midst of? Plus the demons and the devils that are everywhere doing all this and energizing these people to do what they do. So you got spiritual danger and you got physical danger. You see that look not just in violent people. I agree with you. Some of some of these ideal what do you, what do you what's the word that's got these oh man not woke or another all these new things I get lost in I'm telling you right now they're not woke they're, they're asleep no they're worse I don't even know what it is but anyway if you have discernment and we're going to talk about that again here in a minute any kind of ability to discern and determine all you got to do is just watch for it a little bit. How in the world could a person be so ungodly and so crazed to even believe what they believe, much less do what they do? Well, we know why. Because we know who's empowering them. Because if you're not a child of God, you're what? Child of the devil. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you got teeth and claws <coughs> and horns and a fork and you know. No. Some people that or energized. Well, let's talk about that. Start to say energized with satanic energy that prompts them and causes them to do what they do, or at least leads them to do what they do. Let's talk about that. They existed in Jesus' day. He dealt with them all the time. If there's no power there to deal with those, what's going to happen? They're going to overcome. More wolves, more wolves, more packs, more. And see, that's what's going on. The volume of demonic energy on earth is greatly multiplying by the day. We know that because it's affecting more people by the day and they themselves are becoming victims because they either reject God, they want nothing to do with Jesus, they want nothing to do with religion, and I've heard that so much lately they are adamantly opposed and even violent against even saying the word religious. So where does that leave them at? In the hands of Satan. Wolves. Um, some things I'd like to say and I can't so, um, let's look a little further here same verse I send you forth let me back up and say 
literally what that means is I loose you into. Why that term? I loose you into. Because up to this point, his protection's been with them, right? So now they're being loose out on their own. This, this whole section, especially this scripture, is totally 100% emphatic. This statement Jesus is making is totally emphatic. You have to get this. You have to understand this. This is something you have got to know. And we've got to know it. We have got to know it. And we've got to be prepared. And we've got to understand danger. Now, let's look at this latter part. Be ye therefore wise as serpents. Those two little words, be ye, means being more become. Be, but become more. What? Wise as serpents. Wise as serpents. I remember dealing with this verse for years, and I, I never, like I said, I never, I never got up. I, I can't get it. Why is Jesus saying, why is a serpent? Because nobody likes snakes. Right? Serpent. You think of a snake, you, you, you know. Snakes are one of the most feared creatures on earth. And we think of serpents responsible for the deceiving of mankind, right? So why does Jesus use a term like wise as serpents? You can't be wise until you're knowledgeable. Until you have knowledge. It takes knowledge to be wise. And you can't be wise until you couple knowledge with understanding. As serpents. Anybody want to take a stab at serpent? What? Serpent lays silk, like silk. He can lay in the water and he can gather all the information that he needs. And he can be up on any strike and hit you before you even know it. Sure, that's a good point. I'm going to tell you this. Let's look global. Did you know the serpent is the only species that's able to survive globally and flourish? Think of the large beast with teeth and claws and fangs. They're not that way. They survive because they've developed knowledge and ability and wisdom to adapt to the situation, whether it be an arid desert, whether it be a jungle, whether it be anything. They can, they can survive in any type of environment. They're able to perceive. They're able to sense. A serpent has so many abilities to maneuver and to, to move about that, and camouflage himself even. There's a lot of abilities that serpents have 
but a lot of it lies strictly in the wisdom per se that they have which is knowledge and understanding that has been developed by them in order to survive make sense wisdom has an associated meaning here that it implies something and it goes right along with what we've been saying to be feared and respected wise as serpent to be feared and respected now that doesn't mean that everybody's afraid of somebody in the physical but think about that in the spiritual if you get what I'm telling you and you understand it where you're going and where I'm loosing you into and you know by understanding that it's going to be dangerous ground out there and you're going to go through a lot of dangers experience a lot of dangers and be subject to a lot of dangers and you prepare yourself for that there's going to be a spiritual ability that you're going to receive from God that's going to enable you to survive. So, well, they didn't survive. They all got killed. They survived for the purpose God had them placed for. What if Jesus had never told them this? When he left, do you think we don't know do we we don't really know but think about it even though they were scattered as the scriptures tell us when he was crucified and died and even when he rose from the dead they, they didn't believe it you know I mean they had all kinds of issues but they were afraid they were scared but I believe and there's some reference to this in scripture that when he began to appear and show up as he did multiple times among others there after his resurrection and they saw who he was, I believe their courage began to grow and they began to realize. I remember what he said. Mm -hmm. You know? Do you ever remember what he said when you get in a <coughs> stretch in some kind of a situation that's dangerous? Do you remember scripture? Mm -hmm. Do you remember something Jesus said? Mm -hmm. It'll make you fearless. Yeah. It makes you fearless. Yeah. That's courage. Yeah. Courage. Um, you know, uh, most snakes will take on about anything. Mm -hmm. Even a wolf. <laughs> Who loses? <laughs> most usually, he gets a good zap on the nose with a little bit of venom. He's he's gone. Snake, you know, I mean, it's just that's that's just a, a physical example. But what Jesus is saying here, uh, that wisdom is going to play the major role. And it's going to be the kind of wisdom that you're going to have to have in order to survive. Then he says something else. He says, and as harmless as doves. So you're comparing a serpent and a dove. They're, they're well, at least the, the, the snake's an enemy to the dove. But I keep going back to the sheep, wolf, serpent, dove thing. That's unique because, again, what Jesus, Jesus is saying is, is, again, something they can relate to, things that they deal with, because there were wolves in that day that the shepherd had to protect the, the sheep 
flock from. So they understood that, and they knew that. And they'd probably seen the horrific damage incurred when, when the shepherd was lax and he didn't watch or, or the sheep became victims. And then he talks about the, the uh, uh, serpent and the harmless as doves. See, that whole term, harmless as doves, even though he's speaking of a physical bird. By the way, what's a dove symbol of? What happened when Jesus was baptized? What descended on him in the form of a what? A dove. What was that? What did that symbolize? Holy Spirit, but what did it symbolize? What happened to Jesus when the Holy Spirit, when he was baptized, when the Holy Spirit came down? What happened to him? Energized. Well, why did Jesus need energized? Why do we need energized? Do we need energized? What do we need energized of? The Holy Spirit. Who did Jesus send after he ascended? The Holy Spirit. To do what? To empower, to edify, lift up, build up. For the assurance of what? Our survival. Now, the harmless as doves, that's actually talking about a, uh, even though it's a creature, someone that's without guile and totally sincere. Does that make a difference? Okay, let's stop. What's that mean? without guile and totally sincere about what it is that you're doing. It also incurs another meaning of being able to discern evil and choosing that which is godly mm -hmm. for survival. Hmm. Discerning evil. If you can't discern evil, it's going to get you. And if you're not careful, you may become one. I think I've said this before. The church needs a lot of things. And we, need, we need continually a lot of things, but we need discernment. Mm -hmm. Individual Christians need a whole lot of discernment because they go out here and get mixed up in things and do things that they, they ain't aware they're getting in dangerous territory. How can you be sincere and without guile, if you're mixing up in the very, very things that you're supposed to be vigilant watching against, maybe that becomes more dangerous. Because then you get, uh, uh, what's the word? My thinker's broke, I think. Anyway, you're subject to being deceived, basically. You get associated with it. It's almost like it befriends you or Yeah, and you become number to it. Yeah. Yeah. And before long, like I said, it's got you. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's that's happened to many people. I mean that's the uh the effect of it. What what's the Bible say? Abstain from what? All appearance of what? Evil. Evil. Is that wisdom? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Touch not, taste not, handle not. What's that? That's wisdom. Uh, a snake knows what to get away from. 
I don't know how many you ever ever dealt with snakes. I've dealt with a lot. I used to catch rattlesnakes all the time. And I can tell you the first thing, he'll rear back and coil, and he's like this. But if you leave him alone, he's not gonna he's not gonna strike. He'll, he'll be going backwards. But he's still ready. Scientists have proven that serpents can sense motion from great distances by vibrations of footsteps. You ever notice that tongue? You know what that tongue's doing? He's constantly sensing the air and the surroundings and the processing of it. And think of the size of a serpent's brain. It can't be very big. But they're processing constantly what they're taking in. And a lot of that is to deal, they have, they have enemies too. They catch certain scents or certain smells then they know to evade and to find cover somewhere. Or they also know if it's close enough, the fight's getting ready to be on. Prepare myself. Uh, make sense? Sometimes the fight is on, isn't it? We've got to use wisdom in the fight as well as in the other. Choose your battles wisely, huh? How many people you see in this day and time that don't choose, they have no wisdom at all when it comes to choosing battles? That's the thing hide behind Facebook. What about discernment? What about this harmless as a dove? Able to discern evil. What's it, why is that important? We've talked about it a little bit. Why is that important in your own life? In your own spiritual situation? Why is discernment? What, what is discernment? I've, I've kind of tagged it already, but let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Um, discernment's very important because it helps you in your daily life to steer clear of sin or potential traps. And it also allows you to battle when you need to, and you can discern that that is a spiritual situation, and you need to battle it. That's good. Where's the church at in that thing? In general, really, I, I'm just. Would it, if we're going to be serious about anything, we need to be serious about the condition of the church this day and time. And I, I've said it before. I don't want to sound like a church basher. But we've got to honestly ask ourselves a question. If you take the church in general, how prepared is the church to do what Jesus is telling these that they're getting ready to face? How prepared do you think they are? I'll just leave that to you. Food for thought. Because again, unprepared, inability to discern, or no discernment at all, no wisdom. And, and if you want to research these two, I advise you to do that because it gets very interesting. I can't give the whole nature of a serpent. I mean, it's unbelievable, as well as a dove. They look like an innocent little creature that just flies through the air, but there's a lot, a lot contained there, too. Because we're supposed to walk in peace, right? Dove's a symbol of peace. But what happens when peace breaks down? We go to Scripture, because Scripture says, live at peace with all men when possible. a serpent harmless as dove. Back to the sermon. Anybody else? We got it. 
few more minutes. Is it, let me ask, let me stop here and ask you, is this, does this mean anything to you? Compared, compare from here to now? I know Jesus isn't here speaking to us as he was the disciples, but I'm talking about the, the narrative that he's putting out here that he's trying to make them understand and, and help them, enable them to go forth into this danger zone that he knows that they're going to be walking in upon his departure. We're in the same one. It's the same world, but it's getting worse, I believe, from all indications and observations. So why should the church not be further preparing itself? Why should we not be further preparing ourselves and more conscious and aware and willing to be prepared for this battle? I'm going to tell you something. The head guy over hell, he's serious about his business. I'm going to tell you, his soldiers are not lackadaisical. They're not in and out. They're not up and down. They're not here and yonder. They are serious. These demonic forces, I'm telling you what, they're worse than serious. And the church better get serious again. And this is what it takes. It begins with every individual. There were several it here. In, back to the old it, saying, you sound like and walk lightly and carry big sticks for the most part. Yeah. You know, as far as like to talk like a dove, you know, it's kind of where the big feet, mm-hmm. love, carrying big, long sticks, carry, yeah. you know, be able to carry that. But like the serpent, like I said, well, go itself, he lays there, he takes it all in, he puts it out. He's calculated. You go out with that yeah. too, along with that, to go out like a serpent. You gather up, you be stealthy, but still yes, you walk lightly with peace and mm-hmm. love in your heart. Mm-hmm. But if you have to, when it comes time, you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much sums yeah. it up. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, Pastor, I was just gonna say that whenever I read the scripture where you know it says, I send you forth. That is basically, they've been with him. They know that they have everything they need. And he's saying, okay, now I've equipped you, go. Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel like he's given us everything we need, you know, in the word and everything. And that the serpent phrase is basically have discernment and be peaceful and don't go out there, you know, be truthful and honest, but keep Mm -hmm. moving forward. To me, that's what the fourth means is keep pushing. Don't just stop and shut down. You know, don't give in. Don't be afraid. You know, have that discernment because it's going to be important in everyday situations. Mm-hmm. Every day. Multiple times. Yeah. Uh, closing up, wisdom incorporates. Oh, man, it's just uh, a tremendous amount of ability in the kind of wisdom that Jesus is referring to here. It allows one to operate beyond physical ability because this is spiritual. Even though we operate in the physical and we're supposed to have wisdom in how we operate in the physical. We mentioned gentleness, dove, we mentioned peace. And you know, something that that came to me too as I was studying this was, 
put on full armor of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got armor. They've got weaponry. You got ability to move. Sometimes you got to move quick. Sometimes you got to back up. A lot of things. But as always, it takes individuals that create groups, that create churches. And what every individual does, or what every individual doesn't do, makes all the difference in the general group. We know that hell is unleashed. Don't we? Our senses tell us that even. There are multiple things, and I do this often. We've, we've had some good discussions because there's just an enormity of incidents, and, and it's just mind-boggling sometimes of how tremendous this issue really is with this satanic energy being dumped into the atmosphere and, and the people that are being subject to it and doing the things they do. And, and then notice something else about none of these are ever, ever satisfied with doing something alone. They want to involve as many other as they possibly can to create a greater force and more damage and more chaos and more destruction and more injury. Now I know I'm talking physical again, but we've got to keep it in a spiritual sense above physical. God has equipped the church, the Christians and the church, with everything that we need to battle against the wolves and to be able to survive amidst them. Everything. But we've got to apply it. We've got to take it on. We've got to understand it. We've got to develop it. This is a continual development, by the way. This wisdom doesn't stop. It's a continual thing. This harmlessness or this ability to discern and, and, and such is a continual thing. It's something that, that's uh, fortified and, and multiplied. That's the implication here. We know that because they're getting ready to take up the reins. And it's not just one moment or one day. It's going to be for a while. It is for us too. Anybody else? Well, when you said uh, energizing the atmosphere brought to memory that concert they had down in Texas with that demonic, or I don't know who it was, but the people were stampeding trying to get out of there, get out of there, mm-hmm. because the evil was so strong. Yeah. I don't remember who that was, but it was—I mean, the, even the news commentator said something about the, the atmosphere being energized with evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rapper wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, that and that's that's exactly what we're dealing with. And and you know, I don't want to make it sound like that that we we're glad to see these that are energized with such to see them destroyed. I mean, God help—they need their souls saved. 
But the devil unleashed, I mean, if there's only one force on earth that can resist Satan, and that's the force of the Christian force of the yes, church amen. against the evil. That's the only thing that can restrain them. Yeah. Or battle it, or whatever. Uh, and as Jesus said, th this is the means. You do it with wisdom, and you do it with the ability to know where evil's at, what evil is, and identify it, and we attack it scripturally, right? Kind of in a sense, you got to fight fire with fire. Like you said a while ago, all this is coming and it's got to be done in, in, in bunches. This evil part, we got to get into more of them, the better it is. The churches have got to do kind of like the same thing. Churches have got to get together, put everything that's given to them from Jesus, from the book, from the scriptures. From the scriptures, absolutely. We've got to gang up. The churches got to gang up and do the same thing mm -hmm. spiritually. Yeah. That's it. You know, other other than scripture, where does where does it start? Self help. But action wise, where does it start? Where it's always started. What do you do to prepare yourself? It starts at home. Prayer. Prayer at home. Prayer and more prayer. Mm -hmm. Prayer is powerful. If you if you if you pray the scriptures, you're empowering yourself. And if you got the scriptures, you got the knowledge, you get the understanding of it, then wisdom occurs. You know, everybody to survive. To survive. You start you start your little force there. Right yeah. down to spread it. That's it. Pretty much. You, you, you got it, yeah. It's kind of like a bad rash, a yeah. bad itch. The more you scratch it, yeah. the more it grows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, very good. Y'all stand, we'll, we'll dismiss. I don't know if you do it or not, but uh, most everyone here knows, everybody here knows things and such. Uh, along the line of this, we all need prayer. We all need uh, reinforcements. And I urge you just, you know, when you pray, make you a list or if you can do it mentally, if you can remember, start calling people's names out in prayer. You know, the, the uh, an empowered church that's fits the scripture, so to speak, is a, it's a strong church. It's, a, it's an able church. And church that will survive. And, uh, thank God. Thank God for the word. All right. Anyone else? We're going to dismiss. Sunday morning? Sunday night singing? Okay. Brother Doe, going to dismiss it. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you have given us tonight in this message, Lord. And then we carry it home. And then we carry it and spread it around, Lord, and help us take care of what's going on to combat this evil that's hitting us all, Lord. We praise you for everything, Lord God, and we give you the glory. Help us through our day and help us through our nights, Lord, and help us all come back together to grow these churches back stronger, stronger forever, stronger than ever, Lord. Lord, thank you for Brother John's message tonight has driven pretty well home. Lord, we thank you for all of our children and help us 
take care of them children, Lord, and help them grow stronger along with us. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we pray to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray to you that we all go home safely. Amen. Amen. Amen.